Jason along with Chris. Yo. All right. Where we, where we do it. Ready? One, two, ten. 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 ten, ten, ten. ten. All right. That's our uh, Ty Dillinger. Like, uh, as you got the opening, that's a little change our music up for the uh, special occasion. Um, I could be wrong, but I believe the last time Ty Dillinger was in St. Louis was the NXT show. That he actually two matched. years ago, and where did, he was uh, wearing did, a Blues jersey. When the Blues did uh, on this win streak, when they bit, did beat the Predators yep. twice, I did tweet out that picture of him punching Bobby Roode in the face while wearing a Ryan Johansson shirt. Because me yes. and you were up close, I got to see that. Even though it was a uh, knockoff jersey, you can tell it was a, the very like it was a extra different light. color. Yep, but, but it was still, really cool. it was fun that he had. You know, so I tweeted those pictures out again, just uh, and so I might do that again uh, with this podcast. So good stuff there. So. Uh, oh, we'll fill people in because I know people don't know. Ty Gillinger, a WWE superstar, and he chants 10. He's perfect 10. So yep. just Hard 10. to believe that you and I are referencing wrestling this early in the podcast. I know. But. It's usually later when I usually bring it up. But, hey, whatever. So, positive again. I mean, it's it, – it, Yay. <laughs> I don't know where to even begin with – how drastically different this team is playing. Yeah. This is the team we thought we were going to get from game one. We just apparently had to wait till game 55. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I was one of those guys, like, all right, sell off who you, you know, I, I was not on the ter- trade terror single bag- bandwagon. I was not one of those guys. But I was I, like, all right, sell off who you can, you know, get picks, reload for next year. Because I, I, I full, I, you know, I'm yeah, I get confident it. confident enough to say, like, I was on that bandwagon. I was then, too. Uh, um, they proved me wrong. I don't know if I would say wrong. that I was on the trade Tarasenko bandwagon, but I was certainly willing to listen to offers. But again, I didn't. I didn't want to just unload Tarasenko for draft picks. I wanted a lot in return. I mean, I wanted a Gretzky esque trade value return if we were going to do it. But I was ready to, to ship him out. I was honestly, I was ready to to ship anyone aside from Ryan O'Reilly, who's and they even said it during the game last night. O'Reilly's the only guy on this team who's been producing since the jump, and it's just now everyone has has gotten engaged and everyone's moving forward, and it's it's great to see because this team is playing the type of hockey that we expected in October. Um, they're the only team in the league not to lose a game so far in February. Yep. Uh, I want to bring up something like a funny thing, which I saw someone comparing them to, just the way how bad they were or mediocre, whatever you want to call it. Although they're the bad. Season, to how they're really good now. They're, uh, um, there's comparisons, which we talked about earlier this year. We said, oh, definitely, they're not that team. Are, they, are, we, are we going into the 08 Kings territory? We're uh, 12, yeah. Oh, yeah, 2012 Kings? Or 12, uh, whatever year. It was. Yeah, 12, whatever it was. Whatever year when they were in their seed eight, and they barely got in the playoffs, and then they went on a 16-2 and two run. That was the, the 12 Kings, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they were saying. So I thought that was I funny. I don't know, how, man. It's funny how we brought that up earlier in the season. Like, I don't think it's that team. I still don't because, hey, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm not going to be negative sure. about anything. Hey, there's a, 
is not just the goaltending change either. Don't be wrong. Oh no, that's part it, of it. It's part of it. It's part of the whole equation. But I think it's everybody's bought in. I think everybody has bought in. I think with the confidence in the goalie, the complete buy-in, it kind of like yeah. all hit at once, which is weird. How like Bennington comes in and been solid to spectacular. Yep. Like you can probably look at all the goals he let in total, and you can probably count maybe less than what's on your hand, one hand. Agreed. You can say like, man, I wish he had that one. I agree. I agree. You know? And not down and Allen, because guess what? Been pretty good in this run too. He looked great the other day. He looked a little shaky in that game at third, Nashville. I think that that was a more of like the team. Get me wrong. There's a couple of goals. I'm like, eh. but at the same time, the team was just tired. I was their third Agreed. game in four days, and, so, um, and Nashville's still a tough team. You know, and the thing is, I don't need this team to be the 2012 Kings, but I also don't want them to be the 2018 Buffalo Sabres who won 11 straight? 10 straight. So we tied them. And then fell off hard. Because they're not in the playoffs right now. No, here's the thing. This team's not going to run the table the rest of the season. They're just not. And we all know it. What concerns me is once this streak comes to an end, be it against Toronto, against Dallas, whoever it may be, how does this team rebound? Yeah, because they got a couple tough, you know, like tough, the Toronto game Tuesday where it's coming up, which we're recording. That's not going to be easy. Yeah. And here's the funny thing. This is a Toronto team that we beat the bejesus out of in Toronto when we were playing terrible hockey. That was like the outlier game where we actually played really well. Mm-hmm. That Was that not the game after we choked in, in Montreal? I'd have to look it up, but I believe your ex is that road trip. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's a team that you know you can beat because you beat them when like you were at your worst. During that stretch, too. So yeah. I mean, it's like. Um, but, you know, that Toronto game ain't going to be easy. After that, you've got a Dallas team who's only four points behind us, I I'll believe. I'll do a standings uh, wrap-up after we go over um, the games. So, you know, you've got two tough games coming up. Sure. I mean, right now, I, the Blues can beat anybody. But at some point, at some point, this streak's going to come to an end. Yeah. And and I what concerns me is how does this team play once they have a minute to stop, take a breath, reflect on what they did, mm-hmm. but realize that you've got to keep pushing. Yeah. And that's that's that. that's kind of where I'm at. And selfishly, I'm ready for them to lose a game because I really want to shave. Yes, Chris has got quite the beard going this time. Yeah, I, I started it and I was like, I'm not going to shave until they lose, and I am so ready to shave. Yeah. So the uh, yeah, so the team's obviously playing great. Uh, people are racking up accolades left and right. I think Bennington's won second star of the week once. I think Terrence Bennington was first week. star of the week last week. First star of the week last week. I think he had a second star earlier in this run. Yep. And then now Tarasenko has a second because he is on a roll the last 10 games. 20 Dude. points, 10 goals, 10 assists, plus 7. He is on fire. If you, It's almost to the point where you're not you're almost disappointed he doesn't score because you're yeah. expecting it. Cause, um, it it's we, the old Tarasenko. Yeah. I mean, it's like when he has the stick I – mean, he actually has the puck, you're like – you're expecting it to go in now. I mean, earlier in the season, you're like, oh, man, that's – the um, He was struggling, and you didn't – Really, you could tell he was fighting it a little bit. I was watching uh, NHL Network last night as well as their daytime programming this morning. And um, the comparisons are being made to Tarasenko right now versus Ovechkin this time last year as they geared up for their cup run. 
as far as like you can see the determination in Tarasenko's game and like mm-hmm. he wants it. Yeah. And well, you, can, he, you can tell watching him play a complete I mean there's maybe a, I'm not no certain point where I saw a lapse, but back checking Oh yeah. In front of the net, fighting in front of the net for his two way game is probably I would say the best it's ever been right now. Yeah, so, since he started the NHL. I would agree. Yep. But yeah. I uh I'm still not a hundred percent convinced that he doesn't miss tomorrow's game. What do you think for I just think that the way he went into those boards yesterday in Minnesota, it doesn't surprise me he finished the game because my first thought was as long as he keeps that skate on and those pads on and keeps the compression on, he'll be fine. But I, my first thought was as soon as this game's over and he takes that skate off and those pads off and his body starts to swell a little bit, he's going to stiffen up. Yeah, and so. I didn't see anything today as far as if they had a skate either. or anything. But it would not surprise me if he misses tomorrow's game against Toronto, just because that le- that leg bent really weird. weird, and it, to me, it looks like there's at least a sprained ankle, if not a bruised knee, there. Yeah, Which he, that's fine. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. So he's uh, hopefully okay. But yeah, nothing as of yet. I think like when they have these three three games and four nights, you know, or whatever, they usually have. Uh, I think the next day is always like a mandatory like day off, like you. Can't have any kind of practice, even optional skates or nothing like that. Was um, per like I think their agreement. I'm sure I know the answer to this, but Fabry was in because Steen had the baby, right? Correct. Okay, he, that's he, what I thought. He missed the weekend's game, so I'm pretty sure Steen will be back in since the Blues are back in town right. Tuesday. But we'll rewind a little bit here and we'll go back to the New Jersey game and then, oh the, three, my God. then the shutout streak, uh, which is over 180 minutes right now. I think I saw one. Eighty-three seventeen. I will pull it up. I think we believe it's uh, close to that. Or one eighty-seven to thirteen. Yeah, like that. I think it's like I think it's one eighty-seven because I think it was the last part of this. Uh, this game is when the last time that somebody scored against the Blues. Right. So, New Jersey game. New Jersey's struggling to say to say the least. I had no idea how much this team was struggling. I knew that they were below us in the standings, mm-hmm. but I remember thinking this could be a good test, and. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong. Yeah, they, because uh, this game got out of hand in a hurry. We thought it'd be a trap game where it's like, oh, you're playing down your competition. Which, let's be honest, in the past that's happened. You know, the Blues and I are very good at playing up to the competition sometimes, but they also have the very possible. They always have that. They do it all the time. Down. So, uh, starts it off pretty early. Uh, Captain Alex Petrangelo, the seventh of the year from Shen and Tarasenko, a shot from the point that uh, deflected on its way in and went yep. between uh, Kincaid's legs at the five minute mark. Uh, Quickly after that, Keith Kincaid decided to give Ivan Barbashev a goal here. Pretty much gave it to Robert Thomas, who shot and hit the post. That that whole exchange, I was just like, oh, that's no good. Uh, then Barbashev was able to knock in the pucks past diving Kincaid, another defenseman. Uh, this is where you're a little worrisome kind of happened after this goal, after Barbashev's goal. Uh, Pavel Zaka had his 11th from uh, former Blues great Kenny Augustino at the 10.30 mark. So, what was the joke I made online? Mm, I have to look it up. I don't know. But, yeah. yeah we'll think. You think about it. Well, I'll go over the rest of these goals here. It was here. a Fabry's hair commented about something about Agostino, and I replied back with something like, am I right? Yeah, Tag it could be. It. it could be. I'll go, but we'll go back. We'll try to find it. Find it. So, believe it or not, Jane Schwartz scored a goal. I mean, the nightmare is over. Yeah, his fourth of the year, first in over 20, his like 20 games. Uh, for Bortuzzo and Bozak, a shot from the high slot and got deflected on the way in. Um, Fifteen forty-seven was that mark. So three to one after one period. And uh, let's just keep this thing going. Ryan O'Reilly gets his twenty-first from Shen and Tarasenko. 
the 32nd mark of the second period. Uh, Mackenzie McEachern with a nice goal here. Just a, like blew past uh, uh, Severson for a partial break and just backhand forehand on Kincaid. And this is where Kincaid snapped and just starts slamming his stick because his defense held about the I, I, honest to God, started to feel a little bit bad for Kincaid in this game. And this is 5-1. to one, And then uh, Tyler Bozak gets the uh, goal off of, the, off of defenseman's skate. Throws it in front, hits a defensive skate, gets it in from Pareko Maroon, 15-20 mark, so 6-1 to one after two. The joke was, we prefer Kenny Log and Stina. Ah, that's right. Uh, K-Log. Hashtag K-Log. Yeah, that's right. So that's an Archer joke for anybody who's wondering. So, and a Kenny Loggins joke. Correct. Um, so, Highway to the Danger Zone, kids. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> so third period rolls around. It's kind of a back and forth a little bit here. Petrangelo with another goal. The 45-second mark from Tarasenko and O'Reilly. Kyle Parmeri gets a power play goal at the 801. The Blues started taking a lot of penalties near the end here. Yeah. Kind of made it a little, you know, a little uh, interesting. I have you a bar- know what this game reminded me of, especially in the third period? Have you ever, and I'm sure you have as an athlete, have you ever played a game against an opponent that's so bad that it makes you play bad because you can't execute your game plan? Yeah. Or you just so, you just kind of like lay back and you're like, Either I got this type of thing, or it's just like, oh, I don't need to follow the game plan. I'll just do my thing. Oh, I, I just you. felt like the Blues were so much faster and clearly organized. so much more organized and on point in this game than New Jersey. That New Jersey was so sloppy that you could see that there were times that it, it almost frustrated St. Louis on how sloppy New Jersey was. Mm-hmm. There were stretches of like what seemed like four to five minutes where the Blues just kept the puck in the offensive zone and were just peppering yeah. New Jersey with shots. It was ridiculous. And yeah, there was a one sequence, I think it was a minute and a half, where it was the top line of Shen, O'Reilly, and Tarasenko, where it was just like shot after shot. And then they're just, and it was no, no. You know, upcoming penalty. There wasn't, you know, there was nothing. Power play, nothing. It was just like constant cycle and just Kincaid was under fire. I mean, it was ridiculous. But I, I started to feel bad for Kincaid, and then he reminded me New Jersey and Hoboken. Hoboken. And never Hoboken. forget Hoboken. Uh, Hoboken. So keep pouring it on. Yeah. So Barbashev gets a shorthanded goal, which was, was a very weak goal where he just kind of got down there to the other end first, came in front, and just threw it on yeah. goal, and just snuck in there. So he got a shorthanded goal from Steen and Pareko. Then the scoring wraps up with Mirko Mueller, his first uh, goal. Of course it is. Of course it is. Unassisted at about the 13-minute mark. Once again, the Blues outshot their opponent by an extreme amount, 39-23. to Yeah, honestly, this has been one of the things that I guess has sort of been talked about because of the shutout streak. But um, the Blues defense these 10 games has been just as impressive as their offense on their goaltending. Like they are exiting the zone expeditiously. They're finding the breakout guys. They're jumping in on rushes. They're scoring. I I saw a stat yesterday that the Blues going into yesterday's game had a record of like twenty two and one on uh, games where the defenseman had scored a goal. Yeah. So, obviously, you can bump that up by one because Vince Dunn scored. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
the top two defensive, the top two teams in the league as far as defensemen scoring goals, the Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Um, the thing is, Minnesota's not getting scored from anywhere else. That's anywhere else. That's their problem. But, man, like, the defense is finally where it had been for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Offense is caught up, and we finally have two stable goaltenders. Yeah. And, like you, we like we were saying earlier, people ask me a question. Like, obviously, know I'm a big Blues fan and all that good stuff. They're like, well, what's happened? And I'm like, I don't know that. I can't say, like, why the defense is clamped down all of a sudden. Hell if I know. And, like, I was this is, earlier this season, I was calling for Mike Van Ryan to get fired. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, like, like you said, the buy-ins there, uh, a couple things that we'll get into as we get through these games. Uh, they were doing the NBC game, I believe, and they were talking about how they Craig Bru- like Pang was talking to him when he's on NBC saying, hey, like he's got the team to finally buy in and you and unite the locker room because he said the locker room was divided and that's one of the reasons why they weren't playing well and he's got everybody together finally. Who knows how, why, or why you know whatever he did. I mean, you were saying Brube was a placeholder for Quenville or whoever, and now more and more you think about it, it's looking more and more like I'm still not convinced. It's very early, mind yeah. you. But if he gets, mind you, this team was. On January first, this team was tied for thirtieth. I the agree. League. And if he gets his team into a very good playoff spot, I think ownership's going to say like, "Well, that at least gives you a one-year deal," you know, or they probably won't give him a one-year, but maybe a two-year deal. I would say that if this team gets into a division playoff spot, not a wild card spot, uh, and especially if they can advance a round or two, that the only way Barube doesn't get the job is if they could land Quinville. Or if they can land Quinville, else. then all bets are off. That's who you get. Yeah. Um, and that's no offense to to Barube, but I don't think you can play the, well, you'll get a one-year deal game with him uh, yeah. and then wait and see what's available next year. I think if, if, you, if you can get the deal done with, with Joel, you get it done. Yeah. If not, then I mean the way this team is playing right now, I'm fine with. I'm not. I'm not in favor of up, of upsetting the apple cart just to do it. But I think if the right guy's there, then then you do it also. Yeah, because uh, right now, yeah, I said if he wins around, he's 100 percent the coach next year. I will say I don't know if Jordan Bennington would have be having the success he's having right now if Craig Berube was not the head coach. Yeah, I think the fact that those two have familiarity from the AHL days helps Bennington a ton. Yeah, so they uh, and like I said, Bennington it's a pretty great success story. A guy who was uh, pretty much an afterthought for the, this team. This he franchise. was the third out of three in San Antonio, wasn't he? Uh, last year, he was the four, basically your fourth string goalie going into this season. You had Allen Johnson, Huso. Than Bennington, yeah. So I mean, he's the, he was the afterthought guy, which he was going to become by RFA, and they probably would have let him go, or they thought he'd be a career minor league guy, and he turns it around. So let's let's finish up the game. Or go ahead, your last right. point, and we'll do the game. I was going to say my last point on Bennington is uh, I'm happy to ride the wave. I'm not ready to call this guy the next Patrick Waugh or or Martin. Oh yeah, he, I don't even think he's the number one goalie for next year. I think you're on a very good wave, and I'm, that's nothing not down the guy at all because right. there's been. Plenty of guys throughout career because they t- compared him. The last guy to have this many shutouts at this start of his career was a um, oh Andrew Hammond. Oh, the Hamburglar. Yeah, and where's Andrew Hammond now? Florida or gone? Isn't he gone? Yeah, he hasn't been in the league for a couple years now. So yeah. I mean, not saying it's gonna happen at the Binghamton Center or whatever. 
I but hope you're not. right. But that, but goal, that when the goaltender is hot, there's like you're like we talked about in the past. Like everything lo- looks like uh, beach ball coming at you. Yep. Like you can stop everything. Yep. And that's why I think where he's at right now. I agree. So we'll wrap that now. We'll start the streak, as we'll call it. Sure. So they go down to Glendale to play the Arizona Coyotes. So Coyotes, not great again. But Blues have struggled been, this year. The Blues them. have struggled in Phoenix. Yeah, the last couple of years especially. So this year we got smoked by them earlier six in the season. 6-1 yeah, and 6 nothing. Yeah, it was a really bad couple of really bad games here. But Blues start off well. Joel Edmonton scores on their rush, his second of the season from Schwartz and Steen. About the three-minute mark. And then Tarasenko, his 23rd from Edmondson and Sunquist, The 15-30 mark. So 2-0 after one. Looking good. The, the Tarasenko goal was off the deflection. Edmondson threw it in from the point, and he got it about uh, chest. Maybe a little below his chest. Yeah. And then deflected past the goalie, who was Darcy Kemper, for the uh, Coyotes tonight. They're just ravaged by injuries. They're so bad at injuries right now. They could only have 17 guys dress in the AHL. That's for a game ridiculous. because they had to call so many guys up because they had so many injuries. So Teresingo gets another goal, a power play goal. is 24th from Shin and Thomas. Thomas looking great on the power, top power play unit. Thomas, I don't think that there's been a guy who has come into his own more this season than Robert Thomas. Yeah, under Berube since that kind of takeover happened. Um, remember, he got sat for a couple of games. Yes. Early, maybe early in the Berube, late in the Yo kind of phase. And uh, – yeah, he got, so he, he's, he's been on the fourth line besides that. That fourth line's been really good. I agree. But him getting promoted to the top power play unit, I think, has helped a lot of flow because, I mean, he just seems – He's with skilled guys. Yeah, six games, six assists so far, yep. playing great. Bortuzzo even gets in on the action. His second goal from Dunn and Sunquist, a shot from the point, just seeing I got through everything in the third period. Once again, the Blues win 4 nothing. Jordan Bennington with the shutouts. Uh, this is back, another set of back-to-back games here in the uh, – in February, so they got a lot of these coming up. So, gotta spread the goaltending out. So the Blues, you know, I saw I saw somebody post, and I forgot who it was. Somebody said, "Oh, it's like who's in today? Like St- like Fabry, Allen, and that was all who's in out. Steen, Bennington, our winning streak." And I was like, "Way to be nice." A, yeah, I was like, "Oh, nice job." So I made sure I tweeted that said that that aged very well. Um, so they go in to play Colorado, who was a team that earlier in the season flipped with the Blues. The Blues were in way down the standings. Colorado was in the third position. Colorado has lost eight of nine going into this game. Not playing great. Um, you know, overall. And then, so we get to the third period here. This game, not really. I mean, it's a good saves back and forth. Varlamov was stoning Tarasenko. Boy, right was in. he. Yeah, Tarasenko was just. He said he talked to him before the game. They had dinner the night before or something, or lunch or something, whatever it was. And. He was just peppering him nonstop throughout this game, and finally snuck one past him in the third period. And he was pumped when he did it; like he was, the, you know, the, showing be more animated. Yeah, a lot very animated compared to maybe the last couple of games where he was just kind of you know subdued. And he always congratulates whoever gave him the pass. You know, that's yeah. like his first person he congratulates. But this one, he was just jumping around whoever was the nearest person to him because he was like finally got one past him. He was just pumped up, and I was like, I'm pumped up watching this game. Yeah. So Tarasenko is 25th from O'Reilly and Shin. Zach Sanford off a really great pass from Oscar Sundquist. Just did, had a little deflection pass that goes right past Varlamov. The floodgates start to open. That one's from Sundquist and Maroon about 50 seconds after Tarasenko. Yes. And then uh, an empty net goal, but he'll take it. Jaden Schwartz is fifth from Tarasenko and Bozak. So 3 nothing, and Allen makes 32 saves. Makes some really great stops here in the thir- late third period. When yes, the Blues he does. Couldn't, the Blues had a couple penalties late again. 
Let's hopefully not make that a trend, but it seems like when we're up by a lot, that kind of happens. And they wind up, and Allen stayed strong, played really well. We'll take it. Another set of uh, games here. Go against Minnesota Wild, who is just below us in the standings. They've lost four games straight at home. They were had the number the second best record at home last year over twenty. I think it was twenty seven six and something. I think I saw yesterday. Sounds right. I think that was one of the stats they gave out on uh, on NBC for Hockey Day in America. Hockey, yeah, because they had they basically hockey all day yesterday, which was great. Which if you're a great. hockey fan, it was eleven o'clock in the morning to ten o'clock at night uh, Central Time. So that's so awesome. Yeah, so it was great to see that. And a bunch of different teams from all over the place. It wasn't just you know kind of middle America teams. It was like for West Coast, East Coast, uh, Central Time Zone. Worked out great. So the Blues, once again, Vladimir Tarasenko, no, same old, same old, another goal. So here is my question watching this goal. How is he that open? Yeah, the penalty kill for the Wild was not great. And then we'll talk about the next goal where I mean, he was that wide open where they all focused on O'Reilly and uh, Thomas. And O'Reilly got sprung loose and had the pass. And Tarasenko had nobody around nobody him. around him and just got it. Beat uh, Alex Stalock, uh stick side yep. for his 26, like I said, from O'Reilly and Thomas, who were battling on the boards. And then the Blues, another power play. Ryan O'Reilly gets his 22nd. Did it seem like me or did Stalock seem like really kind of off balance on this? Oh, very much so. Well, yeah. I think I think what happened is he pushed too far from his right to his left. Yeah, and he tried to recover and he couldn't. Because I think obviously that puck goes from Petro, I believe, to Tarasenko. And, then and you're obviously, to, when you see that yeah. puck go to Tarasenko, you're going to square up waiting for him to shoot. Yeah. And as he came over and saw Tarasenko shoot it, he had to quickly push off that right foot. Yeah. And I think he just took himself way far too much to the left and left that net wide open for, uh, O'Reilly. for O'Reilly. Yeah, so O'Reilly is 22nd. and play, It's weird how we were just always talking about how great O'Reilly was, and he is, and um, – but he's not the only one carrying this team now. And then I thought this goal, too, where Vince Dunn gets his eighth from Tarangelo and Shen on, like, a three-on-one break, where Vince Dunn, like, beats Stalock, and Stalock really didn't move. I saw that. So I think he was expecting the pass to go to uh, Shen on the left side. Yeah, I agree. And I think he was kind of waiting for that to happen. So when Dunn actually shot it, he was not stunned, but he just like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, so it beat me real easily. So 7-27, the Blues uh, up by three. And then another weird goal. Braden Shen's goal. Maybe the weirdest goal of the year. Uh, Two-on-one break, and basically tries to pass it over to Petrangelo, I believe, and it hits the defenseman. And the defenseman like kind of cradles it by accident, yep. but it's just, he's sliding and slides into the net with the puck. and uh, Straight on into that. Straight net. onto the net, and goal for the Blues. So Braden Shen with his 11th from Tarasenko, 12-06 mark. Once again, uh, Blues win. Pretty, pretty remarkable that we – Kind of keep talking about Blues wins over and over and over again. I'm not used to this. Yeah, Tarasenko, um, a couple of marks we'll talk about here. So Tarasenko extends his point streak to 12 games. Uh, during that streak, uh, nine of the 12 have been multi-point games. Wow. Uh, Bennington sets the St. Louis Blues rookie mark with his eighth straight victory. So it's the Blues long. It's the longest winning streak and tied for the longest winning streak in NHL this year, and also tied the Blues' longest winning streak in club history, uh, January twenty third through January third through twenty third two thousand two. And then the Blues, believe it or not, it's not the longest uh, 
shout out Streak and Blues history. There's four in a row that was in 2016 during the Elliot and uh, I believe Elliot Allen. So uh, yeah, that makes sense. So once again, another great job. You know, he uh, Brett, excuse me, Jordan Minton passed uh, Brent uh, Blues right Brent Johnson for longest winning streak by a Blues by a rookie goalie in Blues history. Huh. So little uh, fun fact there. So, like we talked about some of the accolades, we already said second star for Tarasenko this week. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Ina Binghamton had a number one star or number two star, and then uh, yeah, I mean overall doing great. We'll uh, we'll then also send congrats out to Alexander Steen and yep. uh, had his first child. That's why Robbie Fabry, yep. uh was in for the weekend games. So he had a little girl, I believe. I think you're right. So. Not much really. I mean, it's so great to sit there and just talk about how everything is just going right right now. It is. I mean, it is. The only really bad, I guess, bad thing you can talk about, how Gunnarsson has been placed on IR. Yeah. He is uh, just can't stay healthy, man. He was one. He's the guy I was going to sign over, Jay Bomeister, but, I mean, I don't think you can really trust him because if he comes back in, he's been good, but just can't stay healthy. So Well, that's that's always a problem for sure, cause especially with athletes. Once the body starts to go, it goes fast. Yeah, which we thought with Bo Meester, and then all of a sudden he's been pretty decent. We'll say that much. I would say so. Yeah, so the Blues playing great once again. Uh, so I'll ask your opinion. So what do you think of the, new, the Blues' new new old goal song, that Gloria song they've been playing in the locker room? I'm fine with it. It's a, it's interesting, and I'm going to get your opinion on something um, else. After this, yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever the team uses to to celebrate, that's fine with me. Um, the weird one to me is run around Sue at the end of games. Yeah, they're kind of change out there because that used up. to be song two song by two Blur. Blur. Um, and from what I understand, run around Sue used to be the locker room song. Okay, and now that it's Gloria, run around Sue has become the in arena after game song if they win. Yeah, and. Right. uh so I saw that. So that leads me into the next part of my uh, question to kind of start to wrap things up here and talk about things. Uh, some things outside of NHL, I'd say outside of the Blues. So the Carolina Hurricanes all season. They oh have, yeah, let's talk about this. So the Carolina Hurricanes all season have done these celebrations after home wins. Yep. So they've like this week they did uh, a limbo mm. and they did a uh, home run, like a guy hit a home I run. Saw it. So those are the two they did this week. So. Don Cherry, guy who is what's to say is hasn't coached in NHL in thirty nine years, goes on things and basically blasts them, calls them a bunch of jerks, says I hope they don't do that in the playoffs. Like I wouldn't respect them if they did it in the playoffs. You know, it's Bush League, yada yada yada. Bush League, sir, is that suit that you're wearing? Yes. So and he blasted them and then has had a very um, varied response. I think most people are kind of like you know who cares about your opinion. It's fun, whatever. That's my opinion. I've seen some people kind of when I put it out there, some people that I didn't expect uh, kind of came back and said, no, I think it's disrespectful or it's dumb. I asked the question the other day, what if the Blues did it? So let's give me your opinion why before I get those results. Um, what if the Blues did it knowing that that it's already being done by – Let's just say the Blues did it without Carolina. Let's say Carolina's not in there. Say the Blues I did think something I'd be, like this. If the Blues had started it, I'd be more apt to be okay with it. I think it's one of those things that now that Carolina's done it, it's Carolina's thing. You can't copy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 100%. Like, I'm, I'm okay now. with it. I mean, they're not doing anything malicious. They're not doing anything degrading to the other team. They're just having fun. 
Yeah, believe it or not, when for sports and going to sporting events, I believe that's one of the things that's what you're supposed to do when you go to sporting events, to my knowledge. Right? Uh, I think uh, have fun, right? It was always explained to me that way. Yeah, that's uh, and then I, when people kind of said that, it's like, well, I think it's if somebody online said if, and I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, was saying like if somebody did that during my rec hockey game, I would want to knock their block off next time. And I was like, okay, that's rec hockey. I've seen a guy. I've seen. I've been in a full blown fight when one of our team broke up a shutout for a team that was winning nine nothing. Yeah, and uh, there's almost a full blown fight. So I don't know if you, you were there for that one, or that was a. Uh, that might have been my roller hockey one I was talking about, where I had a full blown where sticks were thrown and a pile up in the middle of the thing because the guy scored did a little fist pump to break up a shutout in the third period for a nine to one game, which was ridiculous. So. It's like I said, this is professionals, and this is the thing that I why I'm okay with it. The owner of the Carolina Hurricanes went to the team captain, Justin Williams, who you know, a guy who's won a cup and Mr. Game Seven and been around the block. And he said, Hey, I want you to do something to engage the fans after a win, but you I want you to come up with something and okay with the guys. And this is what they came up with. So, because I was supposed to be like, Well, they look like they're uncomfortable doing it. Well, maybe, but. I'm sure, like, it's one of those things where, you know, the veterans come up and say, hey, guys, let's come up with something. Is it, like, sometimes sometimes look like, you know, it's, is the guys having fun, the slow clap where it's, like, the, I guess, Eng- English premier soccer, they do, like, a slow, you know, they do something similar? I think that you have to do something to engage the fan base. And it's obvious if you look at those games, there's not a lot of people going to Hurricanes games. Similar to Florida games where it's yes. just, like, an empty seat night. So my thought is this. Is it traditional hockey? No, but you've got to do something to get your fan base and your community talking about your team. Yeah. And if this is what you got to do, all right, I'm fine with it. Yeah. They played duck, duck, goose one time. I thought yeah. it was the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. And it's just a, and mind you, it's not like they sit there, they wait till the other team is completely off the ice Yep. and then they salute the fans and then they do this little thing. They do the slow clap and then they do whatever their little, I thing think I've seen do. them do baseball, bowling, um, duck, duck, goose. A home run thing. Yeah, they did the like rowing the canoe thing. Yeah, and then they did a limbo thing, and they did um like a Thor, like he had like the stick right, and right. down. And they all fell yeah. down, which was funny. So, so look, man, whatever. I, here's what I think the most genius thing of all of it is. I'll well, bring us up. Go ahead. They've already got T-shirts made that's got the Carolina Hurricanes logo, and it says "bunch of jerks," and proceeds are going to charity. Yep, I want that shirt. Yeah, it's great. I'm not, I'm not even a Carolina fan, yeah. but I love that shirt. And here's the thing is, I don't necessarily hate Don Cherry, yeah. but I think this is a classic case of old manism. Well, same with Brian Burke did the same thing. It's, a, it's the old, old old boys club, you know, where I think that's yeah. part of it, where it's just like, oh, let's uh, – this is how it always should be. Well, guess what? That's what happened up in Edmonton, and look where they're at. Yeah. You the old boys club, and they had to break that up. So, But the, the poll I had was – would you be okay with the St. Louis Blues doing celebrations similar to what the Carolina Hurricanes are doing? And then with 189 votes, 53% said yes. All right. So slight majority, not much, but a majority. I don't mind them doing it. I wouldn't want them to do it now because it's already done. And I yeah. think if you do it now, it comes off as unoriginal and unauthentic. Yeah, come up with something. You don't have to do a celebration afterwards, but do something else. You figure out, like, they're promoting this Gloria thing quite a bit because they had – Portuzo singing it, walking yeah. like out of the locker room in his suit and stuff. So they're kind of pushing that, it looks like, which is fine. Great. Yeah. That's their thing. Do we know Go where the it. runaround Sioux started from? 
I believe somebody asked that, and I'll check with the person on another podcast, uh, Jeff Ponder. I thought I remember him tweeting something about that. So I'll check with him and then maybe uh, – I thought I heard that Runaround Sue used to be the locker room song. We'll see. Until Gloria came around. It could be. So I know he asked about that because somebody got brought up after a game when maybe the one of the first handful of times or a couple times they played it, somebody said, why make this change or – you know, whatever. So most of the times when any music thing, since we, you know, I know from listening to the point and stuff, Patrico is like the players pick out the stuff. Like they tell me what they want to listen to and I send them a playlist. And then if they don't like it, we switch it out. Right. So it's like not just him coming up with stuff. It's no. the team. What gets them pumped up? There's a method important. to the madness. Yeah. So it's very interesting. So we'll uh, wrap it up there. We'll talk about some games. What's coming up this week? Let's see. Tuesday, home to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, that'll be a good game. I mean, that'll be on NBC uh, Sports Network. Yep. Thursday, the Dallas Stars, I believe, are in St. Louis. Uh, that's at Dallas. At Dallas. And that's a very important game yep. for the Blues to stay ahead. Uh, then Saturday, uh, at home against Boston. And then Sunday, the return to at Minnesota. So, very interesting. So, the last thing I had on the list... Do you think the team gets through this week with the win streak intact? I just think they're going to drop one. I just, I, I think the I'm passing the Toronto game because yeah. I think it's a. I'm not saying it's. I think it's going to be a tough game where you're just going to maybe lose in overtime or something like that. Maybe you get a point out of something. Still, eventually you're going to drop a game where hey, there's going to be a game where the team's not sharp all of a sudden or Bennington is not sharp all of a sudden. That's what I think too. And eventually you got it, and you're going to play Allen here and there. And I'm not saying because he's going to be the cause of losing streak, but he's going to play in there, so it might throw <laughs> things off a little bit. Who knows? If this if the streak comes to an end with Allen and that, oh, God. Yeah, that will be the end of it online. So the Blues, let's say this, after 58 games, 31, 22, and 5 for 67 points, plus 12 goal differential now. Um, you know, the crazy stat is we have three games in hand on Nashville. And we're, we're six points back. Six points out. So And technically, if we win all those games, we pass them in win, uh, regulation overtime wins, yep. we would take second place, which is – Insane to think about, honestly, considering where they were this year. And how far they're eons back of Winnipeg, aren't they? They're like uh, twelve back. Yeah, that's an, uh, they're. I'd say do the math there. That's nine points. Nine. So it's, but they're they only have one game ahead on Winnipeg. Right. So that's gonna be a little tougher. But Winnipeg's been struggling. So Winnipeg's five three and two in their last ten. Nashville's five four and one. And the Blues obviously ten zero oh, and zero. Oh. Yep. And then right now you're in front of Nashville by same amount of games played as uh, excuse me Dallas, not Nashville there. 63 points. You're up by four points on – and then you're up by Minnesota with a game in hand by seven points. Right. So you're talking – you got some cushion to be in the playoffs. Like, there's a little slippage. I would like to keep that number – I don't know. If you're – right now, we played Nashville in the first round, and it would be to start in Nashville. If you had a choice, who would you right now think you'd want to pick for a playoffs? That will be our last thing. For an opponent? Yes. So in the, in the Pacific – you have basically Calgary and San Jose are tied for 77 points, but Calgary has one less game played. Vegas is pretty far back, so I don't think they're going to overtake. Or Winnipeg or Nashville. So you Winnipeg, Nashville, Calgary, or San Jose. That's pretty much your choices. Nashville just because we've had success against them. This year, yeah. Calgary, I'd say the same way. I think we've played, you know, Calgary has the most points in the uh, West right now, but we've played them pretty decent this year except mm-hmm. for the one game. So, who knows? So, we'll wrap it up there. If you get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. And on Facebook, it's Blues Hockey Podcast. That's the same with Instagram. And get a hold of us on email, it's blueshockeypodcast at gmail.com. 
And you can find the podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, what's the other one I can't think of? Duh, duh, duh. And the website, blueshockeypodcast.net and .com. And .com. Thanks, oh. as always, to our parents and relatives and friends for all the five-star reviews. Yep, so, so subscribe and review us, please, on all the appropriate podcast networks. That helps us out. And, uh, yeah, once I once a new one pops up, uh, I'll go ahead and read it on here. Haven't had a new one in a while. Just We've had a couple of reviews, but nothing – not reviews, but a couple of ratings, but nothing uh, – no reviews as of yet. And also, I've been a little slow on this because it just takes a little bit longer for me to do is the YouTube – basically of these shows right. um we've been i'm putting those up uh, i'm slightly behind i promise i'm going to be catching up on this one this week uh just just been a smidgen busy unfortunately with life around here and trying to keep up with uh hockey so all good stuff um we've got some stuff we'll uh come with you next week and then uh we'll go from there we'll get, hopefully we can talk about some more positivity next week the power of positivity yeah amen to that so we'll it's, keep, it is, this is not the team that we started the season with, and I'm happy to see them right now. We just right. got to keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Uh, you can do it for four months. Pray to God. God, that would be awesome. Yeah, it would be, uh, be insane. But kind of the way the season's gone, you almost wouldn't be half surprised if there's some kind of crazy, wacky run that happens. Like we said numerous times this podcast, to me, it's not about how long the streak goes. It's about how they play once it's over. Yep, exactly. All right, we'll leave you with that thought for next week. 